You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, everybody. This is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. It is August 11th, and on Saturday, two days from now, Atlanta United will play at Cincinnati in an MLS match. Kickoff is set for 7.38 p.m. The game will be televised on Bally Sports South. And of course, you can also follow my live coverage on the Twitters at Doug Robertson AJC. The game story will be up just a few minutes after the end from beautiful TQL Stadium. I'm very excited to see that one. It's one of four remaining MLS stadiums that I have not been to. I'll get to knock out Columbus in a few weeks. And then next year, knock on wood, hopefully Minnesota and Austin, and I will have seen them all. So that's a pretty cool little badge of honor that probably I only care about. This is going to be a very, very tough game for Atlanta United. You're going to hear from Gonzalo Pineda. You're going to hear from Juanjo Parata. And then after the break, you're going to hear my interview with Darren Eels, his final interview with non-affiliated Atlanta media before he becomes Newcastle CEO on August 22nd. He couldn't talk about Newcastle because he's not there yet. Uh, so the question is mostly focused on Atlanta United. I posted the story, the Q&A yesterday, but if you just want to hear it, my good producer Shane has got the audio ready to go and you'll be able to hear the entirety of the interview. So why will Saturday's game be tough? Well, I asked Gonzalo Pineda, Cincinnati is typically very loose at the back. They've given up 43 goals this season, but they're very, very good attacking. Scored 40 goals, led by former Atlanta United player Brandon Vasquez. Is there a danger in trying to push numbers forward to attack a weak defense and leave yourself exposed to Cincinnati's very, very potent offense? And here's what he had to say. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very good opponent. I think their attackers are, are in very good form, I would say, especially in transition when, when there is a lot of space. Uh, they, they are very good. I think uh, Barreal is doing great on the left side. Acosta just finding gaps everywhere, can be a little bit on the flanks at times in between the lines. Uh, he has already a good connection with the two, Brenner and Vasquez. Uh, I think a, they have a very solid midfield as well. Uh, Powell is fast on the right side. Uh, I remember him when he was playing for Portland and, and he's very fast actually. So yes, they're a very good team. Uh, they're at home, they're in good form. So it, it will be uh, a difficult task for us. But, I mean, we play the way we play, and, uh, and we have a certain identity that I think 
we're going to try to to play very similar to how we try to play every time but obviously understanding the challenge we have in front of us let me just go through some of the individual numbers for cincinnati brandon vasquez 14 goals and four assists which is a crazy number and i think he should get a september call up to the u.s men's national team because there's not many strikers like him in the world who are as big and as fast and as athletic as he is. Now, I'm not saying he's one of the best strikers in the world. I'm just saying that physically, he's gifted. Brenner has been reborn, eight goals, four assists. Lucho Acosta, who is typically just torched at Atlanta United, six goals and 14 assists. Barreal, four goals and six assists. It's crazy what Cincinnati can do when they get the ball. So I asked Parata, what is the key to slowing down a big guy like Brandon Vasquez? Vasquez is a, a great player. He's he's in really good form, having a good season. Um, he's a goal scorer, uh, so we you know we know what he can do. Uh, but I think we're also in, you know coming into this game doing things well. Um, so we're going to go there and try to try to maintain the that same block defensively, keep the same order, the same intensity, um, and try to go there and get three points and keep a clean sheet. Of course, if Atlanta United can keep the ball, Cincinnati can't have it, and therefore they can't score. If you remember last week in the win against Seattle, Pineda rolled out a formation that he has not used before, and it was necessitated by an injury to Mateus Huzetu, who's listed as questionable, but I'll be stunned if he plays. He didn't train today, and typically if you don't train two days before the game, you don't play. But that formation included... Marcelino Moreno and Diego Amada as dual attacking midfielders with only one defensive midfielder, who was Santiago Sosa. So asked Pineda if he liked how they performed in the second half of the victory against Seattle. Yes, I mean, we were at home. We were a bit more uh, taking the risk, you know. Uh, uh, it was something that we were not prepared for with, without Rosetto. So obviously, well, not prepared for. We were prepared in any scenario, but but it wasn't part of the main plan to bring uh, Marce so early in the game. So uh, we had to decide on Marce just because of his quality and abilities on the ball. We felt that we can we can be more aggressive from the middle, and that was the decision in that moment. Now this is a different game, and we have to see uh, what midfield can provide more balance to us. And that's that's where the decision will come. Yeah, and if you'll also remember, uh, he had three midfielders warming up, did Pineda, and they elected to go with Moreno just because they were at home and wanted to go for it, which makes this game fascinating to me. I really am going to be curious to see this lineup on Saturday when it posts about 6.15 p.m. Because you're on the road, so obviously Atlanta United always wants three points, but they got to get at least a point. So... If you see them go with a defensive-minded lineup, you'll know what Pineda is thinking. If you see them go with an attacking lineup, you'll obviously know what he's thinking. I put my predicted 11 in a story titled Info to Know, Atlanta United at Cincinnati. It will post uh, later today, and I think my lineup might surprise a few people. I'm not going to tell you which way to go because I want you to click on it. I can't give it away for free. Come on, people. So then back to Juanjo Parada. He has really kind of stabilized the back line for Atlanta United. He seems very, very comfortable. So I asked him about that. I've felt very comfortable so far, um, and I feel like I've adapted very well to the team. Um, but I, I wouldn't say that I'm in a comfort zone because I still think I, have, um, I haven't I have reached my, my ceiling yet. I think I have a lot of room to improve. 
Um, so, you know, I, I do feel like I'm, I'm very comfortable with my teammates and, um, and we're doing well, but uh, we know there's still a lot of things where we can work and continue to improve. I've wanted to ask Parada this next question for a long time because I know he, he obviously, he's a native of Mexico, so he speaks Spanish, but he also speaks a little bit of English. So I was curious when he's giving direction to his teammates, does he do it in Spanish or does he do it in English? A veces en español, and sometimes in English. Oh, okay. <laughs> Dependiendo quién, quién sea el compañero. Depends who the teammate is. Okay. Hay veces que, bueno, la velocidad del juego, o estoy muy concentrado que le hablo en español a Aiden McFadden o a Caleb, se me va, pero bueno, intento intento identificar a quién estoy hablando y sometimes with the speed of the game or or you know if i'm really focused i might yell at aiden in in spanish uh but i try to identify who who i'm speaking to and you know communicate in in the right language does he under, i mean does he do, have you communicated to him enough that if i say this i mean this during the game if you're speaking to him in spanish if he understands yeah yeah, yeah yeah if he understands that you know certain words in yeah. spanish so Things don't get lost. Y Aiden entiende unas palabras que dices en español, o sea, eh, comandos. Las básicas, las básicas muy pocas. Intento ser también lo más claro. A veces me expreso con él en español y me entiende un poco. O a veces le pido ayuda a algún, a algún profe para, para que le sepa decir lo que, lo que le quiero decir. He knows the basic ones. Okay. Uh, so I, I try to be clear when I'm speaking to him or, or sometimes I'll ask, you know, one of the assistant coaches for, for help if I need it. But yeah, I try to be very clear. Anyway. I was just curious, and he gave a great answer. Usually, you'll find when you ask kind of off-the-wall questions, this is when players let their guard down and and give you answers that haven't been prepped or, or prepared or, or already thought of. And some of you know that Parata is on a loan here from Liga Emeki's power at Tigres. So I asked him if he hopes to come here permanently. Yes, uh, of course. I, I would love to stay here for a long time. I think uh, I think it's a great club. Um I really enjoy being here. The the way that people, um, you know, around the club treat me, the the facilities we have here, the city, uh, the the way the team plays. Um, so yes, I'd, I'd like to be here for a long time. So there you go. He seems like a nice guy. Seems like he'd be a fun guy to hang out with. We're gonna go to a break, and when we come back, uh, I'll introduce my interview with Darren Eels. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal Constitution. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for Atlanta United supporters and listeners to this podcast. If you subscribe today, you will not only get unlimited digital access to the AJC and the Sunday paper for $2.30 a week, 
but we are also throwing in a special limited edition Atlanta United and Atlanta Journal-Constitution scarf. So sign up now at subscribe.ajc.com slash utdscarf. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash utdscarf. Now, uh, I'm going to let you listen to the interview I had with Darren Eels yesterday. The audio may not be great at times. He was on a cell phone. I believe they're in the process of packing up and moving to England. So he took 15 minutes or so to talk to me. The the portion you're going to hear is only 12 minutes. Darren and I, obviously, we go way back. Uh, I had his first interview when he came to Atlanta at the Arthur and Blank Family of Businesses building in one of the rooms there on the first floor in that beautiful building. And Darren really, to me, hasn't changed a whole lot over the years. So we both like the idea of, of a bookend exit interview. And here you go. I guess this is your exit interview. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll just get into it. So what are you most proud of from your time at Atlanta United? Oh, man, I think um, I think just proving the doubt is wrong about the city of Atlanta. I think that's the bit that, you know, we've spoken about this before, Doug, but, you know, when I took the job, like literally the only negative thing people said, you know, they said you've got a great owner, MLS was a league on the rise, but there was this question mark about, Atlanta is a city. I think, you know, generally it's a sports city. There have been some comments that it was a fickle sports market. Um, I know the thrashers had been in town and then left. And then also I think there was a sort of question about whether soccer would work in the South as well, generally. Um, so I think for me, you know, having come in with that negativity and then to see just what the city's done to embrace the club, you know, the city in the wider, you know, state and the wider area, um, you know, to get the numbers that we've got. I mean, I think, we saw in the game on uh, on the weekend another crowd over you know sixty seven thousand. So I think we've had, and I need to get the actual ones. But I know it's well north of twenty games that we've had with you know a, a full stadium, so more than sixty seven thousand. You know every game that's not been COVID has been a sellout. Um, you know going into the six seasons, I just think the way that the city's embraced it. And Doug, I think it's more than just the attendance numbers. And I think you're you know you're part of that. And you've seen that, but you know we're a you know, we're a club in a marketplace that is Atlanta, you know, one of the big sort of uh, metropolitan areas. Um, and I think we get an equal share of voice in terms of the media and the profile. So, you know, whether it's the, you know, the radio stations, the phone-ins, the local TV, um, you know, the AJC, you know, we get an equal share of voice. And I think that's the bit that I'm really proud of because, you know, I think back to when we hosted the, the All-Star game back in 2018. And I think, you know, when the national media came and when, people from supporters of other clubs came into Atlanta. It was that fact that we were part of the fabric of the city and, you know, you'd be getting an Uber and the Uber driver would be talking about Atlanta United. And I think that's the bit that, you know, I'm really proud of because when I look back to how we wanted to grow the club and how we wanted to build the club, you know, we had that vision that we were going to be a, a club that almost felt like it had been around for 50 years right from the start. I think we've, we've been able to do that. And I think, you know, that's a measure of, just, you know, the amazing seven teams, the supporters, the city, um, obviously the owner and Arthur Blank and what he's invested and, you know, the hard work of everybody, you know, from the players to the coaching staff to, you know, all of our associates to build Atlanta United and make it part of the community. What is the next step for this club, do you think? Well, look, I think like, um, you know, what attracted me when I first came is, you know, soccer is still a, it's still a game that's growing in the United States. Uh, particularly with Major League Soccer. So I think, you know, there's a couple of things. Obviously, firstly, to cement its position as, you know, one of the top clubs in 
in Major League Soccer. And, you know, we've talked about attendance, but on everything from merchandise to revenue, I mean, we're clearly, you know, heads and shoulders, the number one club in Major League Soccer. So, you know, it's not about resting on the laurel. So keep going with that, keep competing for trophies. But I do think you've got that added dimension of there's a really exciting time now in Major League Soccer's history, which is, you know, stepping up to a World Cup coming in 2026, the new Leagues Cup tournament that starts next year um, that involves League One X clubs. And I think, you know, the next stage in the growth of uh, of MLS is important that, you know, Atlanta United's there, you know, in the vanguard sort of fighting and building that presence. And I think, you know, a healthy and a successful Atlanta United helps the league and helps the sport grow. And I think that's... Uh, that's what it's exciting now. I'm going to be looking forward to, you know, obviously watching from afar, but to see how the league can grow. And obviously with that, Atlanta United. Any regrets? Yeah, look, I mean, look, this has been a really tough decision um, because, you know, Atlanta's become my home. Obviously, the Twins were born here. They've got their Southern accent. So it's going to be interesting that the mashup they're going to have between a Southern accent and a Geordie accent <laughs> in the future. <laughs> but, no, look, I mean, I... Uh, you know, I've loved every moment. And look, there's regrets. I think, you know, in anything in life, you've got to analyze what you've done. But I don't think I regret it. I think, you know, like everything we've done when we built Atlanta United, we weren't afraid to take chances, to take risks. They're never all going to pay off. You know, that's the reality. And, you know, it's even more difficult in a salary cap environment because, you know, you have no ability to sort of take a portfolio approach. And so, you know, you know, as the song goes, regrets have been a few, but I think, you know, the reality is I think we've got more right than we got wrong. And, you know, I'm proud of where the club is positioned now. Um, and like I said, I'm excited to see how it grows and how the sport grows in uh, in the United States. And I think, you know, that's the, that's the fun part now. You know, there'll be someone new that will come in and they'll have fresh ideas and that'll be good for the club, that'll be good for the sport. I think, you know, that's always a, a positive, but there's a core base of an amazing soccer club because of our supporters, because of Arthur Blank as an owner. And so I know it's left in great hands. Do you have any advice for whomever replaces you? No, look, and I, I'm certainly, you know, they're going to have their own ideas. I think, you know, the only thing I would say, and I know that's going to happen in terms of whoever the club looks for hire because of, you know, Arthur and Steve and, Gonzalo, Carlos, everyone that's there at the club that knows what you know, Atlanta United is about. But just, you know, putting the supporters as the heartbeat of the club. And I think that's, you know, partially, you know, as we built it right from the start, that's, you know, the reason we've had the success. Because, again, when people look back and, you know, it's almost easy now to look at it and say, oh, well, you know, Atlanta's this big, you know, big metropolis-growing area. And, you know, it was always right for soccer. But the reality is, you know, the club was, built by, you know, winning the hearts and mind of one soccer fan at a time and putting the supporters at the forefront of every decision made. And I think that's vitally important, you know, no matter how big Atlanta United gets, however big Major League Soccer gets, I think that importance of making every decision through the lens of the supporter will ensure that, you know, the club's always going to be a big success. What are you going to miss most about just the city itself? Oh, wow. Um, it's tough. I mean, I've... <laughs> Even these last few days, like everywhere, it's sort of getting emotional because, you know, we went to the Iberian Pig, Faith and I, that was the first place we went to in Decatur. And so we're almost doing our sort of <laughs> fond farewell memories. But, you know, I just love the city. It's such a, you know, it's such a vibrant, diverse, fast-growing city. Um, you know, so I'm going to miss everything from, you know, whether it's the High Art Museum just around the, the corner from where I'm living to, you know, the restaurants, to the music scene, just to the 
for the coffee shops. I mean, it, you know, I really am going to miss it. You know, the weather, obviously, I'm just uh, chatting now as it's dipping down the rain for perhaps I'm trying to get me used to going back to England and getting me acclimatised to the weather. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm certainly going to miss the, uh, you know, the lovely weather that we get, you know, 99 days out of 100. Now, look, it's a fantastic city and, you know, it's always going to be a city you know, that the boys are going to consider home because they were born here. And, you know, I'm just really pleased that, you know, in terms of the contact I've made, in terms of everyone from supporters to the wonderful associates that I've worked with, through to, you know, Arthur Blank is an owner, but I'm always going to have those friendships and there's always going to be reasons to come back to visit. And, you know, we're absolutely going to, you know, be coming back here and the opportunity we get is to say hello to friends. Will you return for the World Cup? Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, World Cup, um, like I said, I hope at some stage in the future, I think, you know, with the growth of soccer in the United States and its importance as a marketplace, I'm pretty sure, you know, we'll be over at some stage with Newcastle as well. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I kind of assumed we'd see all of the American Family Insurance Cup next year, but that's, <laughs> another, that's something for another day. Um, that's right well it is it is one of the world's biggest trophies so (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and the last two for me how would you like to be remembered by the 17s I think just um, you know as someone that that brought soccer to an amazing city and an amazing state um, and you know set it up for success and I think you know I think we've done that I'm you know it was just amazing the last game. I mean, I saw you briefly in the tailgate just after I got a cake in my face and champagne or uh, poured all over me. But just, you know, the, their passion, their energy, you know, is just incredible. And I think, you know, for me, and we've spoken about this, this is a city that, you know, Atlanta United, I think, filled the void that was obviously apparent, obviously was needed. Um, and so, you know, just seeing someone that was, a small part of that success of setting up Atlanta United to be, you know, fingers crossed one of the biggest clubs in the world down the line. And I've, I've put forth the idea of naming the supporters section after you. Any thoughts on that? Ah, look, I mean, I just hope that, uh, I don't think it needs to be named after me, but I just hope they still uh, drink a shot and think of me every now and then as they're <laughs> celebrating uh, more success in the future. All right. I don't, I didn't want to ask you about other stuff about, Carlos and stuff. Nah, thanks, it's Doug. out of your hands. Um, yeah. No. Look, thanks, Doug, on from my side. I mean, look, you know, everything you've done right from that very first moment when we met at the uh, family office, and I think back to do you remember when you coached the Champions League team and all the great stuff, and you know, so you know, you've been a huge part of the success in Atlanta United. And I spoke about it. You know, public credibility of having the, the local newspaper have someone specifically following us and, you know, being a voice for us has been huge important. So, you know, you've helped us from a business side, but also just as a mate, like you're someone that, you know, has been great to be on the road. We've had the ups and downs and it's always been good to know that, you know, you're someone who's got integrity and honesty and, you know, you're always doing your job, but you're also a nice place as well. So I really do appreciate that. Thank you, Darren. Thank you very much. All right, that wraps up another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now, and on Instagram at Douglas David Robertson. As always, hug your loved ones, communicate with your loved ones, and y'all take care.
The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologeticallyATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Oh, 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 oh